Right now, if you would open your Bibles with me to John chapter 3. John, the third chapter. We'll begin our reading in verse 22, John chapter 3. After these things came Jesus and his disciples into the land of Judea, and there he tarried with them and baptized. And John also was baptizing in Enon, near to Salem, because there was much water there. And they came and were baptized, for John was not yet cast into prison. Then there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. And they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizeth, and all men come to him. And John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except to be given him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. He that cometh from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly, and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. And what he hath seen and heard, that he testifieth. And no man receiveth his testimony. He that hath received his testimony has said to his seal that God is true. For he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. The Father loveth the Son, and hath given all things into his hand. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Thank God for his word. Let's bow together in prayer. Our God and our Heavenly Father, we bow before you this evening. And Father, we're thankful. How thankful we are that you are God of heaven and earth. That you always do your will in all places. And none can stay your hand or say unto thee, what doest thou? How we thank you that in your sovereign power and will, you determined to save a people a sinful, guilty people, you determined to save by the sacrifice of your darling son. Father, we're so thankful. How can we ever begin to thank you for the unspeakable gift of your son? By his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, he has eternally saved all of your people. Father, we're thankful. And I beg of you that tonight you would give us a spirit of true worship, that you let us hear one more time the, the good news, the beautiful story of salvation in our Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, enable us to believe. I pray that you enable me to rightly divide the word of truth, to preach Christ in the power of thy spirit, to preach for your glory, for the good of your people, the salvation and edification of your people. And Father, be with your people as we hear. Enable us to hear and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we beg of you that you'd show us your glory. 
Father, we thank you for how you've blessed us, how richly you have blessed this congregation, materially, how you've blessed us. And spiritually, Father, oh, how you've blessed us. you blessed your people with everything that you require. you blessed this congregation with the gospel being preached here for years and years and years. You continue to call out your sheep, feed your sheep, comfort your sheep, instruct your sheep by the preaching of your word. Father, we're thankful. And we beg of you that you not leave us alone. Be with us, we pray. Continue to bless your word as it's preached here tonight and in the days and weeks and years and months ahead. Father, bless your word, we pray, for your glory and for our good. All these things we ask in that name which is above every name, the name of Christ our Savior. Amen. All right, now if you would, turn back to Genesis chapter 24. Our text this evening is in Genesis chapter 24. It's a long chapter, the longest chapter in the book of Genesis, 67 verses. And rather than read all that, I thought, well, I'll just read through it as we go and and, uh, make a few comments on it. Largely, this chapter preaches itself, uh, which you'd think would make an easy task for me tonight, but uh, it's preaching, preaching the gospel, so we pray God bless it. I titled the, the message this evening, A Bride for a Son. I had the, the message all, you know, pretty much prepared yesterday. I go through and fine-tune it, the message on Wednesdays. And as I was fine-tuning the message, Janet came in and uh, showed me a picture. It doesn't, nothing's official, I guess, so it happens on Facebook. Today, one of our young couples uh, announced their engagement. And that's something that tonight... Lucy and, and uh, Jack announced their engagement on Facebook today. I guess that's official. And that's the, the day that the Lord gave me this message, a bride for the son. In our text, it's a, it's a beautiful love story. But it's also a beautiful picture of the marriage between Christ our bridegroom and his bride, the people that God chose for him. Now everybody likes to hear a story where the boy gets the girl. I know Boys claim they don't. Men claim, yeah, yeah. Everybody likes the story where the boy gets the girl. And that's our story tonight. The boy gets the girl. But oh, it's also a picture of how the Lord Jesus Christ brings his bride to himself by the preaching of the gospel. And boy, what a love story. What a love story that is. As we read, as we read through this chapter, Genesis 24, well, see, Abraham's a picture of God the Father. The angel that we meet, that we hear of, is a picture of God the Holy Spirit. Isaac, he's a picture of God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Rebecca is a picture of the bride. And then there's a servant. And that servant is a picture of God's preacher. And you'll notice this servant is not named. And you know why? Because his name's not important. Now, his message is important. He's a picture of God's preacher. The message is it's a matter of life and death. This It's a matter of life and death tonight that you believe this gospel, that you believe on Christ. It's a matter of life and death. But the servant himself is not really important. All he does is point us to the one who is important. He points us to Christ, whom to know is life eternal. So verse 1, our story begins, And Abraham was old and well stricken in age. And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. 
Now God blessed Abraham just exactly like he promised he would when he called him to come out of his father's house and go to a land that he would show him. In all that time, how we've seen, we've seen through here most all the life of Abraham, how God blessed Abraham. And Abraham here is a picture of God the Father who owns everything. Oh, he's rich in possessions. He owns everything in his creation. I mean, everything that you can think of, it's God's to give. He owns it. He disposes of things in his creation just as it pleases him. He gives it to whomsoever he will. And on top of that, on top of those possessions, on top of the cattle on a thousand hills, our God is rich in mercy. He's rich in grace. And he gives that mercy and that grace to whomsoever he will. And he's so rich. Is there anything more expensive, more valuable to a sinner than mercy? Don't think so. I really don't think so. Because that mercy has been bought with the blood of God's Son. And God's so rich in mercy, He can afford to give that mercy to His people freely. God gives to His people and it doesn't cost them anything. He gives it to them freely. And Abraham, he's blessed of God. He's a rich man. And he's got just one heir. His son Isaac. He's the heir who will inherit everything from his father. Isaac gets it all. Well, that's a picture of God's son. God has one heir. His son, the Lord Jesus Christ, he's the sole heir of God. Now, we're going to see a wedding take place in this chapter. Whoever it is that marries Isaac, we don't know who it is at the beginning of the, of the chapter. Abraham doesn't, the servant doesn't, Isaac doesn't, Rebecca doesn't. She doesn't know anything about any of this going on just yet. But whoever it is that marries Isaac, she's going to become the heir of everything Abraham has to. Because she's, she's going to be joint heir with Isaac, she's going to be a wealthy woman. Whoever it is that marries Isaac. Well, that's a believer. You know, you here tonight who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You're wealthy. Oh, you're wealthy. You have everything that the Father has. You know why? Because you're a joint heir with Christ. See, Christ gets it all. And you get it being joined to Him. Now, Abraham's a wealthy man. And just like any good father, he wants to see his son marry well. He wants to find a bride for his son Isaac. Well, that's a picture of God the Father. He determined that his son is going to have a bride. And he elected her, chose her out to save. So here's my first point. The father sends out his preachers to seek out God's elect. Verse 2. And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house, that ruled over all that he had, Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and I will make thee swear by the Lord God of heaven and the God of earth that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I dwell. But thou shalt go into my country, into my kindred, and take a wife unto my son Isaac. Now, this is what Abraham said, put your hand under my thigh. It was a, a way of swearing of a promise, like we, you know, shake on it, we Shake hands, we seal a deal. It's, it's a promise. We're going to keep our word. Well, Abraham called his servant, and his servant promised. He said, Abraham, I'll do everything you send me to do. Now, this servant's going to go on a trip. And let me tell you, it's not going to be a pleasure trip. He's on a mission seeking a bride for his master's son. He's finding a bride for Isaac. He's looking for a particular woman. 
he's not looking to just see how many women he can get to, you know, come follow him and, and, and see, you know, who, who might, who might want to marry Isaac. He's seeking one woman. He's seeking one bride for Isaac. This is a picture of the promise that God's preachers make. It's a commitment to preach only Christ. This thing's not a pleasure trip. The mission, the, the ministry is not a pleasure trip. We're not trying to gain a following for ourselves. We're preaching Christ. We're determined to only preach Christ. It, it, it don't add anything to him so that people follow and believe Christ. Our mission is to be on the trail of God's sheep. I'm not trying to see how big of, a, of an audience we can get here. We're on the trail of God's sheep, preaching the gospel to God's sheep. We're, on the, we're sent out by God to find His sheep, to preach to His sheep, to, to call the sheep to Christ, to feed the sheep, to comfort the sheep, to edify the sheep. Well, the servant, who's a picture of uh, God's preacher, he's got a fair question. You know, the elect, you don't see him with a mark on their forehead. You don't see him with any, you know, distinguishing mark on, on the outside. The servant, God's preacher, he's got a fair question. Verse 5. The servant said unto him, Peradventure the woman will not be willing to follow me unto this land. Must I needs bring thy son again unto the land from whence thou camest? The servant's got a pretty good question. And he said, I'm going to go to this, this land where, where you're a, your home place, where all your folks are from. But how am I going to know? Which one's the bride? There's got to be a lot of women there. How am I going to know which one's the bride? And it, say I find her. Say I find a woman. What if she won't come with me? What if she won't come? I mean, you think what you're asking me to do, Abraham. You're asking me to go to this land, people that I don't know, people that don't know me, and get a woman there to leave everything she's ever known, to leave her mother, to leave her father, to leave her home, and come with me. To marry a man she's never seen and never heard of before today. That's what you're asking me to do. Now what if she won't come? Well, you know the job of God's preacher is to preach Christ. So that sinners who've never heard of him before will love him and come to him and believe him. That's the job of a preacher. To preach Christ to people that don't know him so that they'll, so that they'll believe him. So that they'll love him. Someone <laughs> told me once, being a preacher has got to be the worst job in this world. <laughs> and then they said, well, it's at least got to be the hardest. Well, my answer was yes and no. Yes and no. Yes, it's very difficult. It's a, it's a daunting task to think about handling the word of God and taking that word and preaching it to God's people. That's a job, isn't it? It's serious. It's a, it, it comes with this set of, of troubles and, and heartaches. It's difficult. But then again, it really isn't. It really isn't as long as you remember this. The results aren't up to us. Yes, we're on the trail of God's sheep. Yes, we're preaching Christ to somebody that has never heard of Him before, that's a natural born enemy of His, and wanting them to love Him, to believe Him, to come to Him. But the results aren't up to us. The results are up to God. God's the one's going to call his sheep. He's, he'll call them. He'll call them. All we're to do is to preach Christ. And that's exactly what Abraham tells his servant, beginning in verse 6. And Abraham said unto him, Beware thou that thou bring not my son thither again. The Lord God of heaven, 
which took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and which spake unto me, the swear unto me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this land. He'll send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. And if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, then thou shalt be clear from this my oath. Only bring not my son thither again. And the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham his master, and swear to him concerning that matter. This is what Abraham tells his servant. Don't you, don't you worry about the results. You just go tell people about my son. The angel of the Lord is going to guide you and guide this woman and bring you together. The angel of the Lord will do that. Now you just go tell people about my son. And if they won't listen to you and they won't agree to come, that's all right. You just move on and you go tell somebody else. The angel will direct you. And you know, this is the very same thing the Lord tells his preachers. You just preach the gospel. Don't be trying to get results. You just preach the gospel. You preach Christ. You tell sinners about my son. You tell sinners about the Savior of sinners. You preach the gospel. The Holy Spirit will bring the sheep to hear. The Holy Spirit's the one who will enable the sheep to believe. You just preach the gospel so they know who to believe. You preach Christ so they believe Him. And if somebody does not willingly believe on Christ, you either keep preaching to them till they do, or you move on and preach to somebody else who will believe Him. Your job is just keep preaching wherever the Lord opens the door. The Spirit will bring the sheep to hear the gospel. But whatever you do, don't compromise the truth. Don't compromise the gospel trying to get a big crowd. That's what Abraham means when he says, don't you bring my son down there again. Don't you take my son and pray my son in front of all these people like you're begging somebody to marry him. Don't you do that. And that's the same thing God says to his preachers. Don't compromise the gospel. Remember here, you're preaching Christ. Christ the King. Christ the Savior. Don't you bring him down to the level of sinners like you're, you know, he's on your level and you can decide whether you're going to accept him or reject him. Don't do that. Don't make the, the gospel appealing to the flesh, you know, like, uh, like you're begging somebody to accept him. You just preach the gospel. You tell sinners about the Savior. Tell them about his glory. Tell them about his righteousness. Tell him about his, his sufficient, tell them about his sufficiency. He's all they need. You tell sinners about the Savior and don't do anything else. This is no sales job. You're to preach the gospel. And I tell you what, you'll know God's sheep after they believe. You won't know them before, but you'll know God's sheep after they believe. You'll have, you'll have pretty good evidence of it. So here's my second point. The servant goes where the Lord sends him. Verse 10. And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master and departed. For all the goods of his master were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia unto the city of Nahor. And he made his camels to kneel down without the city by a well of water at the time of the evening, even the time that women go out to draw water. And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water, and let it come to pass when the damsel, to whom I shall say, 
Lay down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink. And she shall say, Drink, and I'll give thy camels drink also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac. And thereby shall I know that thou hast showed kindness unto my master. Now once a servant got where his master sent him. This is a wise servant. I like this man. I like to meet this man someday. He's a wise man. First thing he did was pray. First thing. And boy, that's good. We, we can't do anything without prayer. We, we can't do anything unless God enables us to do it. That's why we pray. We certainly can't preach without praying. I mean, you're wasting your time to study and, and, and prepare and try to preach without praying, without asking the Lord, Lord, bless your word. Lord, give me the message. I, I see Christ in a lot of different places. I see a lot of truths in a lot of different places. Lord, give me the message for your people in this hour. Give me, Show me Christ in this verse. Let me preach Christ from this verse. Lord, give me the message. I mean, everybody knows you can't preach without praying. Preachers all the time asking people, pray for me. And, and boy, I don't discount that. I ask you, as I come to your mind through the week, pray for me. But do you know what's just as important? We can't hear without praying either. <laughs> you know, I ask you, pray for me. I promise you I pray for you. That the Lord enable you to hear. That Lord, we've got to pray. Lord, let me hear. Make me hear. Let me believe on Christ as I hear him preach. I also think it's important to see this. How, how the servant prayed. The manner of his prayer. He prayed. He didn't pray for, for his good. For his glory. He prayed for the good and the honor of Abraham. He played, prayed for the benefit of Isaac. You know our prayers would be a whole lot better prayers. If we start asking for the glory of Christ. A whole lot more than asking for stuff for ourselves. That's a good prayer. Praying for the glory of Christ. So Abraham's servant prayed. And he asked for a sign. So he'd know who the bride is. And you know we do the same thing. When we preach Christ. We want a sign. I sure do like some evidence. Somebody's heard. Somebody's believed on Christ. Now the sign we're looking for is not an outward sign. But it's not somebody doing something. The sign we're looking for is faith in Christ. The sign we're looking for is heart faith in Christ. And if it's in the heart, God's put, put faith in the heart. What did Brother Henry tell us? It'll leak out on you eventually. But that's the sign we're looking for. Heart faith in Christ. So verse 15. This is He prayed and it came to pass before he'd done speaking. While he was still praying... That behold, Rebekah came out, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, with her pitcher upon her shoulder. And the damsel was very fair to look upon, a virgin, neither had any man known her. And she went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Let me, I pray thee, drink a little water of thy pitcher. And she said, Drink, my lord. And she hasted and let down her pitcher upon her hand and gave him drink. And when she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for thy camels also until they have done drinking. And she hasted and emptied her pitcher into the trough and ran again unto the well to draw water and drew for all his camels. And the man wondering at her 
held her peace, to wit whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. Now, everything that that servant had asked for as, as a sign, he, he prayed, you know, and everything that he asked for, here comes Rebecca. She says everything just, just like he asked the Lord. You know, if she says this and she does this, then that'll be a, a sign to me. She's, she's the one. Now, remember the sign we're looking for, we preach the gospel, is heart faith in Christ. And God's people all say the same thing. If God has saved us, we all confess the same thing. We all say, well, Christ is all. He's all. He's, he's accomplished all of my salvation all by himself. It's all by his righteousness, his work, his sacrifice. It's not any mine. He is all my salvation. I'm undeserving. Oh, I'm undeserving of the least of God's mercies. But Almighty God saved me by his grace, by sacrificing his son in my place, is my substitute. Oh, I don't deserve that. But that's what God did. And He's Christ is my all. He's all my wisdom. He's all my righteousness. He's all my sanctification. He's all my redemption. He's my prophet. He's my priest. He's my king. He's all I need. And He's all I want. If I got Him, I got everything. God's people all confess the same thing. Rebecca said everything this servant asked for her to say, didn't Ask the Lord, make, make her say it. But notice how wise he is. Rebecca said all the right things. But this man held his peace. He didn't jump up and try to get her to make a decision. He didn't run up and grab her and say, you're the one. You're the one. Come on, you got to walk the aisle. you got to get baptized. you got to make a confession. You got. He didn't say that. He's, no, he said she said all the right things. But I don't know. Is this from the heart? I don't know yet. Let's wait on the Lord and see if this thing is real or not. Rather than grabbing her and shaking her up and trying to get her to do something before she knows what's going on, he said, let's just wait on the Lord. Let's see if this thing's real. I tell you, I wish so-called soul winners would learn this lesson. They've done so many damage, to, so much damage to so many people. Just leave sinners alone with the Savior. I'm telling you, if the Lord saves them, We'll all know it. <laughs> You're not going to have to worry about that. If the Lord saves them, we'll know it. That's what this man, he's waiting. Waiting to see, is this thing real? Well, verse 22. It came to pass as the camels had done drinking that the man took a golden earring of half a shekel weight and two bracelets for her hands of ten shekels weight of gold and said, Whose daughter art thou? Tell me, I pray thee. Is there room in thy father's house for us to lodge in? And she said unto him, I'm the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, which she bare unto Nahor. She said, Moreover unto him, We have both straw and provender enough and room to lodge in. And the man bowed his head, bowed down his head, and worshipped the Lord, and said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. I being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. And the damsel ran and told them of her mother's house these things. And Rebekah had a brother, and his name was Laban. And Laban ran out unto the man unto the well. And it came to pass, when he saw the earring and the bracelets upon his sister's hands, and when he heard the words of Rebekah, his sister, saying, Thus spake the man unto me, that he came unto the man, and behold, he stood by the camels at the well. 
And he said, Come in, thou blessed of the Lord. Wherefore standest thou without? For I prepared the house and room for the camels. Now the longer this thing went on, the more it sounded good, didn't it? It kept sounding, maybe she's the one. Maybe. The servant still doesn't, doesn't say a word. Well, that brings me to the third, my third point. God's servants are faithful stewards. Faithful servants. In verse 32, the man came into the house and he ungirded the camels and, and gave straw and provender for the camels and water to wash his feet and the men's feet that were with him. And there set meat before him to eat. But he said, I will not eat until I told mine errand. And he said, speak on. I just, like I said earlier, I love this servant. He got one job Abraham sent him to do. And he's on it with a laser focus. I've got one job. I'm not even going to eat until I finished. I mean, he had to be, he had to be hungry. He'd gone all day riding on a camel through the desert. He had to be hungry. He said, I'm not going to eat until I finish my job and give you the message that my master gave me to, to, to preach. So verse 34. And he said, I'm Abraham's servant. And the Lord hath blessed my master greatly. And he's become great. And hath given him flocks and herds and silver and gold. And men servants and maid servants, servants and camels and asses. And Sarah, my master's wife, bare son to my master when she was old. And unto him hath he given all that he hath. And my master made me swear, saying, Thou shalt not take a wife to my son, of the daughters of the Canaanites, in whose land I dwell. But thou shalt go into my father's house, and to my kindred, and take a wife unto my son. And I said unto my master, Peradventure the woman will not follow me. And he said unto me, The Lord, before whom I walk, will send his angel with thee, and prosper thy way. And thou shalt take a wife for my son, of my kindred, and of my father's house. Then shalt thou be clear from this, thine, this my oath, when thou comest to my kindred, and if they give not thee one, thou shalt be clear from my oath. And I came this day unto the well, and said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, if now thou do prosper my way which I go, behold, I stand by the well of water, and it shall come to pass when the virgin cometh forth to draw water, and I say to her, Give me, I pray thee, a little water of thy pitcher to drink. And she say to me, both drink thou, and I will also draw for thy camels. Let the same be the woman whom the Lord hath pointed out for my master's son. And before I had done speaking in mine heart, behold, Rebekah came forth with her pitcher on her shoulder. She went down unto the well and drew water. And I said unto her, Let me drink, I pray thee. And she made haste and let down her pitcher from her shoulder and said, Drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. So I drank, and she made the camels drink also. And I asked her, and said, Whose daughter art thou? And she said, The daughter of Bethuel, Nahor's son, who milk will bear unto him. And I put the earring upon her face, and the bracelets upon her hands. And I bowed down my head, and worshipped the Lord, and blessed the Lord God of my master Abraham, which had led me in the right way to take my master's brother's daughter unto his son. Now that's a... That's kind of a, a long reading there. Isn't it exactly what we read earlier? It's just a repeat, isn't it? When, when uh, Laban tells the servant to, to say on, Abraham's servant told the whole truth, didn't he? He told the whole truth. 
He gave the exact message that his messenger or his master sent him to tell. He recounted all the events exactly as they happened. He didn't use fancy language. He didn't use psychological tricks trying to get people in the in the right mood. You'll notice he didn't have an altar call. He didn't have 54 verses of just as I am trying to get somebody to do something. He just told the message that Abraham sent him to tell, didn't he? Exactly what he did. And that's what God's faithful servants do. Here's how you can tell it's God's servant preaching. He says the same thing. He tells the same story over and over and over again. He takes God's word and he says, thus saith the Lord. He says what God says. That's how you can tell man's preaching the gospel. Now verse 49. And now, if you will deal kindly and truly with my master, tell me. And if not, tell me that I may turn to the right hand or to the left. Every time I read that verse, I think of something Brother Henry said at least once. I remember him saying this. Preach for a decision. Preach for a decision. And what he meant by that is this. He's not trying to get somebody to walk aisles. This is what he meant. Preach Christ so clearly. You draw a line in the sand so clearly, people have to decide in their mind, am I on this sideline or this side? Do I believe it or do I not believe it? Preach for a decision. Preach so somebody understands what you're saying. and they got to decide in their mind, do I believe Christ or not? Do I trust Him or do I not? And that's what we try to do here. We preach Christ to you, to everybody who comes, and leave you alone with God. Nobody's trying to talk you into doing something, are they? Nobody's trying to talk you into making a decision. Nobody's trying to talk you into making a public confession. We leave you alone with God. Now, please understand. I do care greatly whether you believe Christ or not. I care greatly. Don't mistake the fact that I'm not twisting your arm trying to get you to do something. To, you know, think I, no, I care greatly whether you believe on Christ or not. But we're, now we're not trying to get you to do nothing. We're not trying to get you to you know, Oh, but we care for your soul. We care for your soul. And even if people don't believe on Christ, tell you what we're going to do. We're going to keep preaching it. If somebody doesn't believe on Christ, it's going to break my heart. But we're going to keep preaching Christ. We're not going to change our methods. We're not going to change our message. We're going to keep preaching Christ. Because Wayne, I know this. Somebody somewhere is going to believe him. I know that. I know that. Somebody is coming to Christ. I'm going to keep telling you, come to Christ. Because somebody's coming. <laughs> and I sure do pray it's somebody here. I sure do pray that. Here's what I know from the Word of God. The Father has chosen a bride for His Son. He's chosen her specifically, on purpose. There's going to be a wedding somewhere. The father didn't fail. He didn't waste his time. He's chosen a bride for his son. There's going to be a wedding. So you know what we're going to do? Just exactly what God told us to do. Keep preaching Christ. The sheep will hear. They'll hear. Now I tell you, the gospel has been preached. Christ has been preached to you as the Savior of sinners. You've been told Christ is your only hope. The only righteousness you can ever have is His righteousness. The only way your sin can be forgiven is His blood shed for you. Christ has been preached to you as the Savior of sinners. And here's my fourth point. 
You must believe on Christ yourself. You must. Nobody else can do it for you. Look at verse 50. And Laban and Bethuel answered and said, The thing proceedeth from the Lord. We cannot speak unto thee bad or good. Behold, Rebekah is before thee. Take her and go, and let her be thy master's son's wife, as the Lord has spoken. And it came to pass that when Abraham's servant heard these words, their words, he worshipped the Lord, bowing himself to the earth. And the servant brought forth jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment and gave them to Rebekah. He gave also to her brother and to her mother precious things. And they did eat and drink, he and the men that were with him, and tarried all night. And they rose up in the morning, and he said, Send me away into my master. I mean, this guy, he's determined, didn't he? I'm doing what my master's. I'm not wasting time. I'm getting up early in the morning. We celebrated last night, but I'm getting up early in the morning. Send me away to my master. And her brother and her mother said, Oh, people always get in the way. Let the, let the damsel abide with us a few days, at least ten, and after that she shall go. And he said unto them, Hinder me not, seeing the Lord hath prospered my way. Send me away, that I may go to my master. And they said, We'll call the damsel, and inquired her mouth. And they called Rebekah. It said unto her, Wilt thou go with this man? And she said, I will go. And they sent away Rebekah, their sister, and her nurse, and Abraham's servant, and his men, and they blessed Rebekah, and said unto her, Thou art our sister, be thou the mother of thousands of millions, and let thy seed possess the gate of those which hate them. Now here they called Rebekah, and she said, You know, maybe uh, maybe Laban and her mother, maybe they're starting to get cold feet a little bit here, you know. And now let's not get in a hurry. Let's not let her go too quick. And Rebekah said, Nope, nope, there's no waiting. I'll go. I'm willing, I'm going to go with this man and marry his master's son. And I tell you this, we're going to keep preaching Christ to you. Sooner or later, if you're one of God's elect, you're going to believe on Christ. You're going to believe him. Not because somebody else did. You're going to believe on him. And you're going to commit your all to him. Sooner or later, that's what you're going to do if you're God's. You will willingly follow Christ. You'll willingly come to Him. You'll willingly quit trusting everything that you used to trust in. And you're going to come to Christ. And you're going to believe Him. Just like Rebecca did here. You have to believe the gospel. You have to believe on Christ. And only God can make you do it. Only God can give you faith to believe Him. And if you're God's, He'll give it. You'll come to Him and you'll come to Him willingly. Here's my last point. Number five. When you do come to Christ, you know what you're going to find out? He's even better than the preacher told you he was. Look at verse 61. And Rebekah arose and her damsels, and they rode upon the camels and followed the man. And the servant took Rebekah and went his way. And Isaac came from the way of the well Lehoi, for he dwelt in the south country. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field at the eventide. And he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, the camels were coming. And Rebekah lifted up her eyes. When she saw Isaac, she lighted off the camel. And she said unto the, the servant, What man is this that walketh in the field to meet us? And the servant had said, It's my master. Therefore she took a veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all things that he had done. And Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent and took Rebekah, and she became his wife. And he loved her. And Isaac was comforted after his mother's death.
Now I'm sure as they made this journey, don't you imagine Rebecca asked the servant, tell me more about this man. Tell me more about this man Isaac. I'm going to go go marry. And he told her. Or he had lots of stories. He'd known Isaac since he was born. He had lots of stories to tell. He told her about how Abraham had left his father's house. And he'd gone to a land that God showed him. And how God had, had blessed him. Made him so rich. And Isaac was his sole heir. And he said, and he, he's a rich young man. He said, I'm telling you, he's one of the finest young men I know. I've known him since he was born. I'm qualified to tell you he's, he's the finest young man I know. He's honorable. He's kind. He's honest. He's a good worker. He, he's not going to be lazy. He, he's going to provide for you. He's going to love you and take care of you. And he said, now, you know, I, I'm a man, so maybe I'm not the best judge of, of how good looking other men are, but I think I can safely say Isaac's a handsome young man too. I mean, he's, he's going to be easy on the eyes. He's going to be somebody that you can love and, and admire and respect. And Rebecca just liked hearing about him, didn't she? She asked more questions. She wanted to hear more about him. And she's riding along, listen, riding along on this camel. And then she off sees in the distance. Isaac. He saw them coming. He's coming across the field to meet her. And oh, as soon as she saw him, she had stars in her eyes. I heard that you've seen those cartoons, you know, somebody's heart pumping through her clothes. That was Rebecca. Boy, oh, she just head over heels in love with it. She got, jumped off that camel and she went to meet Isaac. And she sometime had to ask that servant, How come you didn't tell me? Oh, he's so handsome. He's just, he's, how come you didn't tell me? Oh, he, he's, he's so loving and so kind and, and so tender. How come you didn't tell me? And the servant said, well, I tried. I tried. It's the best language I have. I, I tried. This is exactly what happens when somebody quits hearing preaching. When they quit hearing doctrinal truths about religious theory and they meet a person. Oh, when they meet the person of Christ, they fall in love. I mean, head over heels. And they'll say to the preacher, how come you didn't tell me? How come you didn't tell me? He's so much better than what you said. Well, it's true. That's true. He is better than what I've said. Human language can't tell the half of it, can they? But you come to him. You'll find out. You'll find out for your own self, won't you? All right. Let's, let's bow together. Our Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this beautiful story, beautiful picture of Christ our bridegroom. Father, I pray you'd bless it. Bless your word to your glory, to your honor. Get much glory to yourself by, by taking your word and applying it to the hearts of those here that we might see and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And as Rebecca ran to him, cause, uh, to Isaac, cause us to run to Christ and find in him everything that we need. For it's in his precious name, for his glory and his sake we pray. Amen. All right, Sean.